you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. the name of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You can be seated tonight. Thank you so much for being here on our first Wednesday night back in the house of the Lord for Bible study. After our, is this the second break or the third break that we have been through? But in the name of the Lord, our last break, Jesus' name, amen. Looking forward to getting things, looking back toward a normal schedule and getting people back in the routine. You lose a lot of momentum um, in the church uh, when we have to shut down. And so there's a lot of momentum to regain and ground to regain. And some people, particularly some of our elderly that are unable to be here and different ones for different reasons, and assembling together is very, very important. I I do believe that the online, and thank you to our online listeners tonight, those that are joining us online, and it serves its purpose, and it has done well for us, but I don't believe that was God's intended purpose Uh, intended way to communicate the gospel message. And so I do believe us coming together in fellowship is the right thing and the right way and God's intended way uh, for the church. So look forward to that and uh, hopefully in the next few days um, things are going to start looking amazingly different and um, we'll be able to start coming back together. Jesus' name. I'm going to take your attention tonight to the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and I'm going to talk to you for a little bit from the verses 10 through 17. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and he is telling them, uh, giving them some counsel, giving them some encouragement, and helping them to understand. Uh, the importance of being resilient and uh, keep on in tough times, to persevere, to push through, to maintain, to not give up, to not quit. When going gets tough, the tough get going. And so the Apostle Paul tells them, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord 
and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about standing strong, standing strong. The Apostle Paul tells them at the end, finally, brethren, at the end, when it's all said and done, somebody said when it's all said and done, there's usually more said than done. Paul tells them when it's all said and done, when you arrive at the end, when it's when you, when you reach the end of the rope, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. At the end of it all, end strong. Doesn't matter how you got started, doesn't matter how you what happened at the end, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Don't let anything hinder you, don't let anything keep you from being strong in the Lord. I, I, I hope the church hears me strong tonight. At the end of it all, be strong in the Lord. Whatever the outcome of the election, be strong in the Lord. Whatever happens next week, next month, or next year, be strong in the Lord. If your brother fails, your family fails, friends walk away, be strong in the Lord. It is your only hope. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Because the, the, the power to be strong is not within yourself. The strength is in the power of God. Then he tells us what to do. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand because you can't stand if you don't put on the whole armor of God. And he's about to tell us what we have to do and what to put on and how to respond to it. Then he tells us, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but there is a wrestling match that's going on. And if you think there's not, open your eyes and pay attention. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There's no reason to be mad at your neighbor. No reason to be mad at your friend. I didn't ask any of you how you were going to vote, but whether your side wins or loses, don't be mad at your neighbor. Somebody said, I'm more interested in how you treat your neighbor and treat your brother after this election is over, then who wins the election? I'm kind of with them. I'm kind of tired of all the conflict. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and understand that if you'll put on the whole armor of God, you'll be able to stand in the evil day, but without it, you won't be able to stand. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. And the wrestling is against principalities. The most powerful, the most powerful spiritual warfare that one could come up against, we do wrestle. 
We don't wrestle against one another. Arguing with one another and stating your claim and making your statement isn't going to get you anywhere but a loss of friends. But we do wrestle. But the wrestling match is not between me and you or you and you. It is against principalities. It's against principalities. And it's against powers, against, watch what he says, the rulers of the darkness of this world. The rulers of the darkness of this world. Is this sinking in with anybody tonight? We wrestle against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle against that. As a church, we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. Somebody said, well, I'm not sure I need to let my voice be heard. You do. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Don't get it wrong. It's not flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers. It's not the visible world that you wrestle against. It's the invisible world. It's the spiritual world. Then he says when you've Take on the whole armor of God that you'll be able to stand in the evil day having done all to stand. Just keep standing. You got to stand strong. Then he says, stand therefore having your loins girt about. And he goes through all the list of things. Watch what he says. First off, girt about with truth because truth is the most important weapon that you and I have. It doesn't matter what is common in society. It doesn't matter what is successful. What, what is uh, acceptable in the world, what matters is truth. The scripture itself declares, thy word, O Lord, is truth. So the most powerful truth that we have is the word of God. Somebody said, I need a word from the Lord. Open it up and read it. It's there. No, I need somebody to come bring me a word. Where are you at? I'll bring it to you. Open it up because it's there. Because if we or an angel from heaven come preaching any other gospel than what's in this book, let him be a curse. Your word from God is right here. Nothing wrong with somebody coming with a word from the Lord, but it better be in alignment with this word or it is not of God. It better be perfectly aligned with the word of God. When you've done all to stand, stand. Gird your loins about with truth. If it's not truth, I don't want to hear it. If it's hearsay, I don't want to hear it. If it's gossip, I don't want to hear it. If it's somebody's feelings or emotions, I don't really care to hear about it. I want some truth. Not what you think, thought, were taught. I want truth. David said, I desire truth on the inward part. Mm, let me talk to you a little bit. Truth that gets on the inside of you, meaning truth that gets in your mind, truth that gets in your thoughts. You're not, you're not thinking of, of untruths. You're thinking of truth. You've hidden the word of God in your heart. Stand. Have your loins girt about with truth. Have it on the breastplate of righteousness because your right living, righteousness is right living. It's doing right. It's being righteous. There are righteous people in the world that are not saved, sanctified, set free, and on their way to heaven, but they're living righteously. 
Because that word righteous simply means to live right or right living. You can live right without the power of the Holy Ghost. You just don't have the help of the Holy Ghost. And you and I know that your righteousness will not get you to heaven. Your righteousness, in compared to God's righteousness, the Scripture said it's like filthy rags. Meaning your righteousness is not going to be any. It's All it's worth is being thrown in the trash. Your righteousness is worthless except it come from the Lord because His righteousness is what we've got to seek, not our righteousness. Well, I'm a good person. I do this. Wonderful. That's not going to get you saved. Being good is not going to get you saved. Doing good deeds is not going to get you saved. Those are all good things. You need that. As a matter of fact, it will guard your heart. Because righteousness is a guard of your heart. It's the breastplate of righteousness in your feet. Shod with the preparation or covered with the preparation your feet wrapped up with a preparation of the gospel of peace. That means what we are saying, the gospel of peace. It's talking about what we are preaching, what we are speaking, what we are living in front of others. Needs to be a message of peace, not of dissension, not of arrogance, not hurtful, not painful. You can say the right thing in the wrong way and it not be the gospel of peace. Oh my, my, my. Well, it's right, and I'm going to say it because it's right. Say it in the right way. Let your feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Everywhere you go, there ought to be something that follows you. There ought to be peace. If you leave a trail of blood everywhere you go, you need to get back to the altar. Your feet should be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. People ought to know you as a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. They ought to know you as a peace speaker, not, not a trouble speaker, not a gossiper, not, not one that's, that, that, that's a rebel rouser and a troublemaker. I hate to tell you this. I hate to tell you what my, what my bloodline, where it came from. I began to study history, family history, family tree. I wanted to know about, more about my family. My Lord, I've got so many nationalities wrapped up in me. I'm the melting pot all by myself. All these backgrounds and started studying genealogy and went way, way back. And I got back to realize that my family were in Texas before Texas was part of the United States. When it was still under Mexican rule, my family lived in the state of Texas illegally under Mexican rule and they lived along the Angelina River at that time, which was the state line. It's now not the state line. But they lived under, uh, they, they lived in Texas right alone, literally on, on the border. My brother and I uh, found GPS coordinates, and we went back in, drove miles back into the woods, uh, into a very remote area uh, in Jasper County. And we parked our vehicles, and... Without permission, we crossed fences. Thankfully, no bulls or cows chased us, but we crossed fences, went through cow pastures, and across over to, got, went into, um, over to the edge of the Angelina River, and then went up following GPS coordinates, and voila, we ran into a place with a bunch of rocks and stones, and they were old, old headstones. Before they were carving professional headstones like today, they were literally rocks, boulders, that were crudely chiseled with, with a chisel, uh, literally the, a hammer, somebody chiseled in names, and you could make it out and seem like everybody was named William. It was William Jordan, William Jordan, 
William Jordan 1, 2, 3. And uh, we tried to make out things and uh, we took some pictures. I have some of those pictures at home. And we gathered what we, gathered what we could. And so in my research about my family, I found out that my family were living there. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it was my third or fourth great-grandmother who died in the river, either drowned or was killed, uh, being chased back out of uh, Tejas or Texas under Mexican rule as they were crossing the Angelina River trying to get back into uh, a safe zone and she died in the process. So she either drowned or was killed by the army. We don't know which, but she died in doing so. And so there were about a hundred families that lived in that region up and down the Angelina River, about a hundred families in that settlement. So possibly there could have been close to a thousand people that were living illegally in Tejas, Texas, under Mexican rule along the Angelina River. And my family had their own settlement and their own area that they lived. And I wondered why they were there. So in my research, I discovered that they were paid by the U.S. government to live there. They were hired to live there. And their occupation was listed. Are you ready for this? They were rebel rousers. My family were rebel rousers. They were paid by the government to, to go there and create trouble for the Mexican army. And then when they would come after them, they must have been cowards and they would run across the river and go back to safe zone. And they were paid for to be rebel rousers. There are some people that are rebel rousers and aren't paid for it. My family was paid for it. So I can tell somebody, well, I just tell you, that's just the way I am. Well, that's not what the Bible tells us. As a matter of fact, it tells us to put off the old man and to put on a new man that is different from the old man and that we are not to be troublemakers and to be, be, be rousing, uh, arousing trouble and creating problems. As a matter of fact, wherever we go, we should go. Go with our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Our message ought to be filled with the good news of peace everywhere we go. We ought to not be causing trouble. If you go somewhere and there's trouble and you leave, go somewhere else, there's trouble. You go somewhere else and there's trouble. There may not be the problem everywhere else. The trouble may be you. Work on the way the way you were approaching, let your feet be shod with the preparation or covered with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith because faith is a shield. The best thing you can have is faith because when things come against you, just speak faith over it. Sickness is coming. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh, I'm afraid, pastor. I'm, I'm afraid. A hundred people, about a hundred people in this church, not all at once, but uh, uh, over, over about four different outbreaks of COVID in this church, just so you know, there's been about a hundred people that have contracted and lived through COVID-19. Out of a, about a hundred people, 
that were tested, that we know of, that reported that they went through COVID-19, out of them that I know of, there was only been three cases of people that went in the hospital. One of those was my wife. Sister Paula Myers, who was an elder that became very, very sick and waited too long to get help. And by the time she got help, she was in very, very bad shape and probably was the closest to death of anyone. And Brother Jason Emery, who of course recently had a major organ transplant and his immune system very, very low. And so my wife, of course, a chemo patient with uh, with, with things very, very low. And so out of a hundred people, we all survived. But by the grace of God. But by the grace of God. So somebody, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we will allow fear to control us and, and make us, well, oh my goodness, if I get COVID, I'm going to die. Some, some people here, some of our elders even came up and said, well, I just had a, nothing but a cold, a little sinus infection. It was nothing to me. Others said, well, you know, it was a little mild flu. And others said, well, I had a fever for a day and then I was fine. Others had no fever. Some were a little more sick. I was sick for 15 days, thought I was going to die. We can get all caught up. I'm using that for an example because it's a modern hot topic. But we can have things in life coming. Oh, oh my goodness, we're going to die. Oh, we just live in fear. And everywhere we go, there's fear. Listen, we've got to learn to speak faith over situations. I had people all worried about this election, who, which way it's going to go. Hey, speak faith. We're going forward. Somebody said, well, if this one gets elected, boy, it's going to really bless the church, going to turn things loose. Somebody else said, well, if this one gets elected, the church may be persecuted. Well, the church has always thrived in the middle of persecution. So either way, the church is going to be all right. The church is going to be victorious. You know how I know I've read the back of the book and God's got a plan. The church is going to be victorious until he calls us home. And the closer we get to the end time, the greater revival, the greater harvest. Work while it's day because night's coming when no man will be able to work. Oh, I may be getting a little too preachy for you on this Wednesday night. We've got to learn to stand. Not buckle under pressure. Not bow because we're afraid. Not live in fear. Let faith be a shield unto us. Well, I've got sickness in my body, but by faith I'm going to be all right. Not living in fear. Somebody said, well, it's possible for you to get COVID the second time, Pastor. You really ought to be worried about it. I did a little research and found out that according to what I'm discovering in the medical realm, they only have, have but if somebody has a better and more updated report, I'd like to see it because I'm just telling you what I've read. And it's on the internet, so I know it was true. But all that I've found is the way, what they're taking this off of, out of, out of the hundreds of thousands, how many million people have had COVID? Anybody keeping up with it? How many? Nine million people? Nine million people that have COVID? All they have in medical reports are two reports that people ever got it a second time. That's all I can find. Two reports where they got it a second time. And so they're saying, well, it's possible. Well, it is possible. But I'm not living every day going, oh, my mercy. I just got through this and I'm going to get. I'm not living like that. I'm living by faith. God's got us covered. We're going to be all right. 
I'm not telling you not to use precaution. I'm not telling you not to wear masks. I'm not telling you not to social. That's not what I'm preaching tonight. I'm preaching about faith, standing strong and not letting fear overcome you. My wife read an article or was connected in a group and they were talking about cancer patients and going through and, and how often that, uh, that in the middle of those situations family crisis come and uh, there seems to be uh, broken families due, due to all of this sort of thing. My goodness, I, I, it doesn't matter what the world does, that's not how the church has to live. I'm not, we're, we're, we're different from the world. We came out from among them and are a separate people. My feet are shod with the preparation of, gospel, of the gospel of peace. I want peace to follow me, but I want faith to go before me because a shield is always in front. A shield doesn't do you any good laid down. you got to pick up faith. You don't accidentally carry. You see, what you put on your feet are going to go wherever you go, but a shield can be laid down. That's why, it, that's why it uses faith and a shield because you can lay faith down. And if you're not careful, you'll be going around your day without faith. Come on, somebody, pick up the shield of faith and look the enemy in the face and declare, hey, I've got faith today. I'm going to be all right. The world's going to be all right. My family's going to be all right. My church is going to be all right. My health is going to be all right. Come on, pick up the shield of faith. I know it's Wednesday night, but I want faith to rise. Let God arise and let the enemy be scattered. We're not afraid. We're not worrying. We're not bowing in fear. We're putting on the breastplate of righteousness and we're shining our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and we're taking the shield of faith. Faith goes before me. Faith is before. Before anything can get to me, it's got to get past my faith. I trust God. I believe God. I stand, believe in the Lord. Because faith quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. Uh-huh. The wicked throws all sorts of fiery darts at us. The wicked will throw all sorts of things. They're just fiery darts. If you've got faith, those things will bounce off. I'm getting better at it. I told somebody this week, they called me, dealt with a little situation, didn't know what to do, a little worried about it. The Lord saw us through it. Somebody called me, said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing fine. He said, well, I heard this. I said, yeah, I heard it too. He said, well, aren't you worried about it? No. Well, that's not like you, exactly. The older I get, the more I recognize, i got to have the shield of faith. Let those things deflect. They're just fiery darts. They're just fiery darts. They're going to bounce off. A dart might poke you and prick your hand and break the skin. The devil might throw poisonous darts at you. But you got the shield of faith. And a dart will always deflect off the shield of faith. And then take the helmet of salvation, the apostle said. He's talking about putting something on our mind that protects our mind. Now I'm telling you, the, the enemy, the enemy. I, I, by the way, I, I'm not even past my first page of notes. And I got 14 tonight. 
The enemy is fighting the people of God in their mind greater today than ever any time I ever recall. I've lived 52 years. I've never seen a day when the enemy is fighting against the mind of God's people. He didn't come, he didn't come to give us the spirit of fear, but he get, came to give us power and love and a, come on, a what? A sound mind. That's what, that's what salvation does. He come to, God didn't just come to save you just so you in, can enjoy church services. He didn't come to save you just so you can get Holy Ghost goosebumps and want to make you just want to stand and shout a little bit. That's all good. It's good to have great church and feel the presence of God. And, but that's not why he saved you. He saved you. When he saved you, he didn't just come to save part of you. He came to save your mind as well. It means we ought to think different. The way we receive things ought to be different and the way that we allow things to affect us ought to be, be different because it's the helmet of salvation. It's the most important, salvation is the most important thing that you could possibly do. I see these cyclers out and they got these little shirts, you know, real short sleeves or no sleeves. They got shorts, I guess that's what they call them. They look painted on. And they're on, yeah, they're, they're going to town peddling. Some of those guys, they can peddle those things now. You slow down, get about 35 miles an hour. Man, they're cruising right on. I'm thinking, man, that's fast on a bicycle. And they're just, and the only protection that you really see is that helmet. If they fall, they're going to get skin up. They're going to have skinned up hands and elbows and knees and thighs, and I'm not sure what else. But they wear helmets because they know that the most important thing is protecting that, that cranium. If you get everything else wrong in life, if you end this life without money, if you end it without popularity, if you end it without anything else in this world, whether you ever own your car, own your home, have nice things, it doesn't matter. You need to end this thing because the most important thing is that you have the helmet of salvation. It's the most important. And of course, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we know that, that, that the sword is both offensive and defensive. That means that everything that comes against you, that you've got the sword of the Spirit. And so, whatever comes against you, you ought to be able to use the Word of the Lord. And if you need to speak help over somebody, you use the word of the Lord. And if something comes against you, you use the word of the Lord. That's why it's important that we get in the word of the Lord and that we know the word of the Lord and that we study the word of the Lord and that we read the word of the Lord. I am loving the fact that I'm hearing reports about our Bible study groups and all of our people that are in Bible study and studying the word of God and our Bible study teachers that are being developed. I, Sister Kelly gives me a, a, a report every month and and I'm getting the report of how many are being faithful to Bible studies and getting those reports in. And it's encouraging because God's people need the Word of God. You're here on a Wednesday night because you need the Word of God and you know it. And you're here because you want the Word of God. Somebody said people come on Sunday morning because they love the church. They come Sunday night because they love the preacher. They come Wednesday night because they love God. 
You need the Word of God. You have to have the Word of God. There's nothing like it. This week, I've been pondering the Scripture, and I was thinking about the tabernacle. In the tabernacle, there were several pieces of furniture. But there's something that you have to know about the tabernacle. Mike, is it already 8 o'clock? That was just my introduction. I just got to my introduction. I was thinking about the tabernacle. The tabernacle, there's several pieces of furniture, and some of you have studied the tabernacle and understand there's something interesting. There's tables. There's stands. There's lights or lamps. There's altars. There's places of sacrifice. There's tables with no chairs. Because in the tabernacle, when the priests were there, there was no place for the priest to be able to sit down when they were doing the work of the Lord. Mm. You want a word from the Lord? There's your word. Because when you're involved in the work of the Lord, there is no place for you to sit down. You got to keep on going. You know where our rest is? Our rest is in the Holy Ghost. He is our rest. He is our rest. The tabernacle had all these pieces of furniture. The mercy seat was not a chair for man to rest in, but it's a place where God would dwell. Perhaps that's why the Apostle Paul tells us, when you've done all you can do to stand, just keep standing because there's no place to sit down. The priests that ministered are not given a place to sit down. They're Everything in the Old Testament is type and shadows of the New Testament. You know that. You've been around this thing for a long time. And you know in every Old Testament story, there's always a New Testament uh, illustration of, of Christ and the church and salvation. And so you can see it all unfold. So when you look at everything that happened in the tabernacle, it's all a perfect Everything is a perfect type and shadow of what was to come. It's a type and shadow of the, of the kingdom uh, of God in the, in the earth. And this day, it's a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. It's a type and shadow of salvation. It's all, you can just go through and see it. It was revealed over and over again. Under the Old Testament law, man was required to rest on the Sabbath. That means there was no work. As a matter of fact, they could only walk a short distance. They had to prepare food ahead of time so that the day of, they, they didn't have to do much work. It was only minimum. It was just what it took to survive on the Sabbath because the Sabbath was to be a day of rest. Now, truthfully, I, I do believe that the church has gotten away from really taking some time to rest because now I'm going to tell you, that although we live under a different covenant, there are a lot of things under the old covenant that brought about blessings in the here and now, such as there were certain foods they could eat that today we live under a different covenant. And today we eat those. That's why I enjoy my bacon. Pork chops. I didn't have supper before I came. Under the old covenant, you couldn't eat those things because they were of a certain, they didn't have the ability to refrigerate them and all the, so you can imagine the reasoning why that they couldn't eat those things. Under the new covenant, we're released to be able to, to eat those things. Under, 
the new covenant, but under the old covenant, under the old covenant, man was required to rest on the Sabbath. There's a benefit to that because your body needs some rest. We need to be careful not to work all the time. There needs to be some downtime. Oh, I thought I'd get a better amen than that. We need some rest. Now, some confuse these scriptures and this teaching, and they become very confused, and they're trying to bring back the literal Sabbath and make it a law that, you know, you can only have church on Saturday because Saturday is the original Sabbath. And I'm not here to argue those things, but I'm, they're a little confused on the teachings. They need to get in and read the New Testament. They need to read Galatians. They need to get in and read about some of these things. Some, some of these churches get, get confused. Galatians teaches us that the Holy Ghost is our rest. Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. So we live with, with Christ in us, so we live in a literal Sabbath. So the Holy Ghost is our rest. So all I need to do is, is be in Him. He is my rest. So we live in a perpetual Sabbath. Isaiah 28, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith the weary will cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing Yet they would not hear. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is all dealing with the Sabbath. So when people come and start telling you, you gotta, you know, you got to be in church on Saturdays and all that, we've got, there's New Testament scripture, the Old Testament and New Testament, that begins to combine, to come together, to begin to teach us that Christ is. Jesus said, come to me, you that weary and are heavy laden. I am your rest. He said, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest that will cause the weary to rest. It's the most important thing that you need in this life, it's not talent, it's not charisma, personality, education, fame, and fortune. The most important thing that you need to stand strong in this life is you do need endurance. Now, I'm going to hurry because I don't want to belabor the points that I've made. You've been, you've been real good. Give me just a few more minutes to, 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 to bring this together tonight. Ultimately, what I want to say to you tonight is just like in the tabernacle, there's no place to sit down. When you start serving in the kingdom of God, there is no place for you to say, well, you know, I'm just going to sit back and let everybody else do it. I, I don't find that in the scripture. Oh, is that too strong for you on a Wednesday night? You were standing a few moments ago rejoicing when we're talking about everything's going to be all right. But the Bible says... The Bible is teaching us a principle here that when we start out to run this way, he that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy, is not fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, we've got to keep on working, keep on laboring. We've got to, we've got to keep on pressing. Quitters are not going to make it. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Not he that sits on the sideline until the trumpet sounds. He that endures. He that is working. He that is laboring. Am I making my point clear? We've got to stand strong in these last days. You can't get offended and sit down. Offenses are going to come. The Bible teaches that. Offenses come. That's not a reason to quit. 
Trouble comes. That's not a reason to quit. Problems come. That's not a reason to quit. You can't quit. Quitters will not make it. Don't be a quitter. Quitting's a mindset. Quitting never worked for any winner. Standing strong is important in every aspect of your life. You've got to learn to stand strong. Our kids need to learn that. We need to learn that. The generations to come need to know that. you got to stand strong. People are going to come against you. And then there's going to be the powers and principalities and the things, the spiritual wickedness in high places that are going to come. You've got to stand strong against that. When these things come, the Bible said, which you quench by being steadfast in the faith. You overcome, you overcome evil. Not by saying, well, come on, I'll roll up my sleeves and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight somebody over this. That's not at all what the Bible says. You overcome by being strong in the faith. You've got you to gotta stand. You've got to put your feet on the ground. That's why learning this word is so very important. You need to learn this word. Get it in your heart. Be able to stand when trials come. Quitting never worked for any winner. In marriage? How many married folks do I have in here tonight? Some of you weren't too thrilled about that. It's like. <laughs> Quitters don't make it. You go into a marriage, well, we're going to try this thing. If it don't work out, well, you may as well go ahead and sign up now. Because it isn't going to work if that's how you approach it. When my wife and I started to get married, we said the D word. We're not going to talk about that. I can't tell you that we lived up to that. But we made up our mind right off the start before we ever got married that we're never going to even discuss the idea of divorce. It's not an option. I can't tell you that we lived up to never discussing that. Thank God, not right now. She's okay. She's putting up with me. She's kind of stuck now. But I'm going to tell you that if you're going to make it in your marriage, you've got to make up your mind. Well, this is, this is what we're doing. This is for better or for worse. I was talking to Danny Sunday. I've learned over the last six months or so what those vows really mean when you say in sickness or in health. There's no place to quit. That's not an option. There's no place to quit. I didn't start serving the Lord with a mindset that if this don't work out, I'm going to quit. I'm going to give this a try for a little bit. Well, that's probably not going to work. When you get the mindset that it doesn't matter, I'm in this thing for the long haul. I'm going to stand strong. When problems come, stand strong. Trials come, stand strong. It, the same is true in the kingdom of God as it is in marriage. You've got to stand strong. You can't take a break from serving God. I've never seen it work. In my years of pastoral ministry, I've had more than one person come to me, several as a matter of fact, that's come to me and said, Pastor, I just want you to know, you know, we're not backslid. No, we're not backslid, but we're going to take a little break for a little while. I have never seen it work out. 
Never. Not one, not one of those cases. I'm, I'm talking about not one. I can't, I can't walk out here to anyone in this room tonight and say, remember when you came to me and told me you were going to take a break for a while and you're still here? Every, every case where somebody's come to me and said, I'm going to take a break for a while, they're not here. Because it doesn't work in the kingdom of God. I hope I'm helping somebody tonight. Maybe somebody was feeling like, you know, I think I'm going to talk to the pastor. Don't do it. Stand strong. Look the enemy in the face and say, I'm standing strong. There's no place to take a break. You can't take a break from ministry. The Bible said the gifts and calling of God are, without, are not without repentance. There's no place for you to say, well, I'm quitting. I'm done. You just keep on going. You just keep standing. you got to stand strong. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Stand strong. When you've done everything you can do and don't know what else to do, stand therefore. Just keep standing. Check all the garments. Make sure you got everything right. Just keep standing. When you've done all you can do to stand, that's the time to check. Make sure. Is my feet shod? My breastplate on? Do I have the shield? Do I have the sword? Do I have the helmet? Am I ready? Because watch, watch. Run up here, Dylan. Run up here. Quick. Where you at? Oh, I thought you were Dylan. Sorry. I should have had you up here, Evan. You were closer. Jump up here. Jump up here. Okay, you can come up that way too. It's like at home. He's going to do what he wants to do. Step over here so anybody on the camera can see. Watch. Let's go through this now. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Help me. Somebody's got your Bible open. I want you to look at that and read it out to me. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What's next? Breastplate of righteousness. So the, the breastplate of righteousness is put on. All right. What, what's, what's next? Somebody yell it out to me. You got the shield. You got the shield of faith. All right. You got the shield of faith. Come on, Brother Dylan. We got the shield of faith. You got to imagine this with me now. All right. He's got the shield of faith. So here we go. Taking somebody's cheat sheet. They can't remember the songs. They put it down there. So now you all know they're busted. Feet's covered. Breastplate's covered. Shield's covered. Helmet of salvation. That helped you, didn't it? <laughs> Helmet of salvation. And then the sword. Got the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So he's covered, right? He's ready for the fight. There's one problem. Turn around. What's on his back? Not one thing meant to cut, not one piece of protection on his back. That's why when you're fighting, you got to stand strong. You can't turn your back. Because when you turn around and retreat, you are vulnerable to the enemy. Mm, I feel my help coming tonight. I could preach just a little bit tonight. Because when you turn, there is nothing there. But when you've done all you can do to stand, just stand. Run up here, Brother Evan. Get up here real quick. See if you can get up here faster than Dylan did. Get up here. Come up here, turn your back to him. Here's what's got to happen. You've got to have a brother that you can fight back to back with. You've got, 
Now that you know what it means to have one another's back, now there's no room for the enemy to come get between you and between your brother. You need your brother. You are your brother's keeper because without having a brother and a sister to fight in this battle, you got to stand strong. You're not just fighting for you. You're fighting for your brother. You got your brother's back. The enemy can't get to you when you stay together. You got to stay together. Because the first banana that breaks away from the bunch is going to be the first to get peeled. You got to stay together. I got to close. I got to close. The carnal mind can't comprehend the things of God. We got to make up our mind we're going to stand. Some of us have been dealing with the same old things, going through the same old motions, same old struggles. Well, I'm going to just step back. You just got the example. You can't step back. If you do, it's not just you. It's somebody else. I can start calling names tonight of folks. Oh, well, I'm going to step back. I'm going to leave the church. It's not just you. You're, now you're going to be accountable for all the people you're pulling aside, all the people you're leaving vulnerable. Nope, that's up to them. That's, that's wrong. Because no tree falls and it doesn't affect those that are around it. So there's no place to quit. There's no place to take a break. What we need to do is get in the presence of God. Because the Holy Ghost is our rest. That's why it's important for us to be in the house of God and have those spiritual services. It's all right once in a while for us to have that Holy Ghost breakdown. We may not even have preaching. We may just worship the night away and somebody leaves and says, well, I can't believe they didn't preach. Hey, we got rest tonight. The Holy Ghost came. The Holy Ghost fell on us. So there's no place to quit, no place to step back, no place to retreat. And it's not just a battle for yourself. We're fighting together. This is why we're the family of God. The Israelites fought with swords and shields. They fought, fought flesh against blood. Flesh, they fought flesh and blood. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. One of the greatest blessings of being that silly boy of mine that was just up here on this platform, one of the greatest blessings of being his father I, I, I didn't want to embarrass him, and it was a moment. But last night, when I went upstairs to go to bed, I, I heard him in his room. And Dylan, I didn't ask you if I could share this. I heard him in his room, not for just a minute or two, but I heard him praying. And I went in my room, and I closed my door, and in the other side in that room, I began to whisper a prayer and felt the presence of the Lord begin to move in. And for quite some time, Dylan was in prayer in that other room. And without a doubt, I couldn't hear everything that he was saying. I couldn't hear, but without a doubt, there were some of you that he was praying for and that he was lifting up. I get text messages and phone, Pastor, I'm praying for you. You know how that my wife and I have been able to make it through the last six months? Because there's some people that have been praying for us. We done everything we know to do to stand. And we just kept on making sure we're not, we're, we're, we've got it, we got it all together. We got all the weapons, we got everything together. But right now, Lord, I'm weak. And you know what? I got people praying for me. 
people lifted me up. That's why we need the family of God. You want to stand strong, you need the family of God to make it through. you got to have courage to stand. And if you'll stand, the enemy will never be able to get to you. God designed it this way. He didn't design to keep you from the problems. He designed you and he designed every weapon in this spiritual warfare that we're living in. He designed everything so you can be victorious through Christ, which gives us the strength. Paul said in me is no good thing. The apostle Peter discovers it, discusses it, and he talks about it. There, he was persuaded that nothing would be able to separate him. Nothing. He's right. Nothing. Not tribulation, not distress, not persecution. Nothing that we go through should be able to separate us. We stand, and we stand strong in the Lord. I challenge you tonight, stand in these evil days. It doesn't matter what happens. doesn't matter what the outcome of this election is. It doesn't matter what people do over the next few days and next few weeks, whether there's rioting in the streets, whether there's whatever. It doesn't matter. Let your light so shine before men. Don't be part of it. Don't be part of the problem. Be part. Don't, don't, if, you're, if your party wins, don't gloat about it. Don't offend somebody over it. Stand strong in the Lord. Stand strong in the Lord. I'm not joining in with the rest of the world. I came out from among them and I'm separate. Nehemiah was on a wall. They came and told him, come down, come down, come down. But he said, I can't come down for I'm doing a good work. I'm doing it. You're doing good. You're doing a good work. These are, these are horrible times, stressful times. 2020, the year that we will never forget. Strange year. The year of COVID, the year of all sorts of new things that we've never dealt with before, strange times, end times, but the church must stand strong. You must stand strong. Let's stand together strong in Jesus' name. Stand with me all over the building since I talked about standing. Join your heart with me. Let's pray. I want us to pray tonight, and I want us to pray one for another, and here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray for the week. Let's pray for the week tonight. And let the week say, I am strong. I am strong. Let's pray that prayer right now. Father, we come to you. We know, Lord, that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. We come right now, Lord, assembled together. We've rejoiced in you tonight. We've celebrated the word of God tonight. Lord, we have preached, we have prayed, we have worshiped. And here we are at the conclusion of this service tonight. God, I pray for strength over every home and family. I pray your help over every individual in this room right now. Lord, one that came in weak and discouraged, Lord, I pray you strengthen them. Lord, that one that is, feels downtrodden, I pray you lift them up. For that one that feels like they can't go on, I pray for the strength of the Lord to come over them. To that online listener tonight, Lord, that is struggling in their faith.